Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360, Tuesday edition, alongside Paul Koharski and Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Glad you're with us. We have Lance Lee, Jakob Swanson making the show happen for us. David Reed is the chairman of the board. Regan McCross and Sarah Triplett, our production assistants. Becca Risley, Sleepy Danny, down the halls. We broadcast live from the Blackbird Studio, theblackbirdacademy.com. Plenty of headlines to hit. SEC Media Days going on yesterday, today, tomorrow. We'll hit all the headlines coming up. Gentlemen, good morning. Got big news know. this morning hitting. It takes a village, as Hutton laid out, all the people that help make this show happen. And we plan on making it happen for the next two hours. And we've got the bombshell also coming from the organizer of the Olympic Committee saying this thing may be completely canceled. Uh, before it starts on Friday, which is not great news for anyone. Ticking clock. Think of all the kids uh, well, they're participating there. in this. Think, yeah. think of the kids. They're there. Turning on, around, getting to the airport. On cardboard beds to yeah. prevent them the from way, having sex with each other. By the way, did you see the video, though? Yeah. There, there's a guy who stood up on that bed and jumped up and down and said, it's plenty sturdy. It's designed to hold 400 pounds. Unless you got two sumo wrestlers on there going at it. It's plenty fine. These are also elite athletes. I'm pretty sure if they wanted to, they could do it standing up. Right. (laughs) You don't. These are the world's best athletes. If you meet some, you know, hot Ukrainian sprinter and you are an American bodybuilder, I'm pretty sure you could find a way to make it work. Yeah, and you, you don't even have to go bed, to your cardboard bed. But cardboard isn't what it this used to be. This is the most foolish is, thing I've ever seen. This is a high-tech, very strong cardboard well, it's, bed. Well, it's, uh, a, it's a symbolic statement. We want to prevent this. We want to prevent people from getting you know, close to no, each other and doing this. I think it's a symbolic statement, too, that we want to be able to get rid of these beds because we don't need them after this event is over. Yeah, it's a way to act like you're doing something that's for the greater good, but really it's just a cost-saving mechanism by having cheap cardboard beds. That's the way I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, not cheap. The Green no. Bay Packers, they were attempting to make Aaron Rodgers the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL over the duration of the contract extension that they offered him, doubling the salary that he would be paid this year. And Adam Schefter said Rodgers turned it down, told the Green Bay Packers he would not sign that contract extension that would pay him Patrick Mahomes-type money uh, for the next five years, including a two-year contract extension. And many have said throughout this process that the Packers would pony up and pay him and that he is going to show up and be the Aaron Rodgers franchise quarterback, MVP quarterback, and all of those issues and the, the bad blood between the organization and Rodgers would go away. Now that he's turned down the contract, and training camp starts next week. What storylines do we go into Green Bay Packers training camp with? And is Rodgers there? Well, the thing is, just like when a guy signs a deal and we hear the agent tout the numbers, right? The agent is the source of the initial numbers. 
and we said, well, we have to see the structure to know what this deal really is. We have to, we're not going to learn what the structure of this offer was, but this is very convenient to say it because if they offered him 50 million non-guaranteed salaries in 24 and 25, it's really nothing because he would have been cuttable and that right. money never would have come to fruition. So this makes it sound like, hey, Green Bay offered him exactly what he asked for, the kind of deal that would have made Jordan Love have to be moved and put him in place. But no, if it's not guaranteed and it was backloaded, then it's funny money, right? It sounds good. It's a nice headline. It lets Aaron Rodgers look not good. Not funny for 2021. Right. It makes Aaron Rodgers look good. But he's looking for more than that. They, gave him, they offered him $45 million to play this year, and he's making twenty one. Right. So a good raise for this year. But all along, the thing for him has been beyond this year. I want security beyond this year when it's clear your intention is to go with Jordan Love beyond this year. So if, it's what, uh, if that's all we know about it, what it does this year, all it does is give him further security, further money this year. And what he's looking for is something beyond this year. It doesn't solve necessarily that issue. But I think what it says is he's looking for something other than the Green Bay Packers. That's what, that's what well, turning looking, down this offer means. Well, if they gave him something that, that guaranteed that he was going to be the guy in 22 and 23, that would uh, entail getting rid of Jordan Love because they can't exercise the option down the road, and that would be a different conversation. Green Bay hasn't done anything for him to indicate that they're going that direction. Have you ever gotten a new boss and there came a point where there's a realization that it just was never going to work? Yes, yes, With that I new have. boss? Have yes. you guys had that sensation yeah. before? I feel like that would be something familiar. You, you know immediately. You. I think you, you would know. But there's always there's something that happens. You get little indications here and there. You see signs on the wall and you start to read the tea leaves and think, this may not be for me. The direction of this, whatever it is, may not be for me. My vision may not work here. I may not be able to work with this person. And then there's something that happens, and you are out on that person. This shows me that Aaron Rodgers is pretty principled in his thoughts on what he told Kenny Mayne and what he thinks about this organization right now. Even if they tried to make it right with him, there were signs on the wall before that, and when the drafting of Jordan Love happened and he wasn't given a heads up, he, to me, sounds like a guy turning down this contract to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL that looked at that and said, I'm out. I'm done with this guy. It's him or me. I don't want to play for this organization anymore. And Aaron Rodgers has made enough money and done enough in his career where he can take a principled stance. Not everyone could do this, but, how is this right. but Aaron Rodgers can do this. How is this that different? They're pouring more money on him this year. And they're at an impasse because he wants more than this year. And all they did was sweeten this year. Uh, all that we know that they did on the details that are out is that they sweeten this year. That doesn't address the problem. I just don't think he's going to – he's out. They're trying the to get one more year for, from him. Yeah. And, and they he wants they, more than one year. They attempted to double his salary, and he said no. Because he wants more than one year. And so he's out, right. well, which they is have what to I've come been back saying. To him with I, more than one year. I, I, but they did. Uh, we don't know the details. Right. The details could be that they gave him a raise every single year of the duration of the contract. And most contracts in the NFL are not fully guaranteed uh, as it stands right now. There's a, there's a 10-year deal for Patrick Mahomes uh, that's $450 million. And chances are by the time we get to year seven, that deal's restructured. Right, but if you sign a new deal today, the odds of the guarantee extending beyond one year are very good. So 
I, and I, I would guess this is the odds are very good in this case too if they're trying to appease Aaron Rodgers. But we don't know. There's there's no reporting on the details of this contract beyond this year. I don't think this is a negotiation right now. I, I think this is Aaron Rodgers is out. He's out on Gudenkist. He's out on the direction of the organization. The, I don't know that there's anything they could do that would put him back in with the Packers. Every indication we've had up until this report was everybody's expecting him to show up. Including the old, Packers. All of his old teammates. And we have no, had no indication from Aaron Rodgers on that. I think he wants a commitment for multiple years. I do too. And I think he wants that commitment from another NFL team. I think the moment they traded up and drafted Jordan Love and him turning down this offer shows that. And there are times where it's a, a benefit and it's a strength to be that principled on something. There are other times where you need to swallow your pride and negotiate or at least listen to another side of things, right? Right or wrong, wherever you fall in this Aaron Rodgers debate and think about him versus the Packers and everything else or his personality, whatever, Aaron Rodgers is at a point in his life and career where he can decide. If it looks petty or he looks like he's too full of himself or whatever, it doesn't matter. He can decide. He can ultimately say, this is not for me, and I'll sit out if I have to because I don't want to play for this organization anymore. The more stories like this pop, the more I think he may just be completely done with the Packers. This isn't a charade. He's not coming back. And, yes, he wants a multi-year commitment, but he wants that commitment from a team not in Green Bay. The, the reaction to this story favors Rodgers, so it seems to me to come from Rodgers' side and also the time element. And this is the second time that But Schechter, does it favor Rodgers? Because, well, I mean, it's also – you can look at it both ways. The Packers came back hat in hand and tried to give him a better contract and more money to come back, and Rodgers said no. So this could also – you could look at it if you're a Packers fan and say – my organization is doing everything they can for this guy, and he still doesn't want yeah, any part of this. Well, I, I can see it both ways. You guys are both reacting in a way that that's pro Rodgers, and I think most people are that way. Here's the, here's the, what I'm driving. Look, I'm at. not pro Rodgers or pro Packers on this. I'm just telling you the way I see it from the outside right. looking in. It's not even an opinion on whether I think either side is right or wrong. The Packers were wrong to trade up and draft Jordan Love. Here's what I'm that, that, they were wrong with that. The reaction from that, I'm not stating one way or the other who's been right or wrong since then. I'm just telling you outside looking in, I have felt it before when I work for someone or with someone that I'm out on, that I know is never going to be right for whatever the situation is. We all know that feeling. It looks like Aaron Rodgers knows that and has no intention of playing for a Brian Gudenkus-led Packers organization. Here's what I'm driving at. He's done superbly well, he and his people, at controlling this story because Schefter's tweet today is this offseason, right? He's not reporting this in real time. And we remember when he came out on draft day, what was the news there? That, that the strife was going on in the first place, right? It amped up the story. He was told he was going to be traded, and then he was not traded. Right. But he, that was Schefter kind of. He had heard rumblings and everything, and he didn't have anything new that day. He just decided it was kind of time to release it. Yeah. And he kind of admitted, like, this is a heck of a draft day story, and I've kind of known this for a while, and I'm going to release it today. And everybody presumed that, that Rodgers had done something on draft day or the Packers had done something on draft day and that there was a time hook connected to the draft. And in hindsight, Schefter, in being reported about, admitted there, there wasn't. There wasn't a time hook there. But Rodgers is the beneficiary of the timing of all of this stuff, which Schefter hasn't had a time hook on, at least two big elements of it. That one that he chose to use on the draft, this one that says – this offseason, so he's just conveniently putting it out 
for Rodgers, I feel like, without there being a time hook. Rodgers is masterful. Rodgers and, and who is it? Uh, David Dunn. David Dunn. David Dunn. I think have handled this as masterfully from their side and the Packers not well from their side in terms of manipulating the story. And I, you guys, might, you might not think, Chad, that he's, he's getting people on his side. I think he's done very well for that because usually people are with the team. Guy signed a contract. He should be there. This is a guy, to me, who's done very well at getting the – he's using his leverage. Well, I don't know how the Packers – you're right, Aaron Rodgers has controlled the story by not saying much, but I don't know what the Packers could do to control it. It's completely out well, of they, their hands. They've attempted to control it by offering two contract extensions right. over the last six months. Well, they could but play I'm what saying I'm in terms saying. of news dumps or they leaking play what news, I'm saying. unless they have something awful – to hold over Aaron Rodgers, there's really nothing they can no, do. No, but they could play that side of it behind the scenes with this. This guy's signed a contract, and we're not gonna. He's not gonna dictate stronger. They could be stronger with that behind the I scenes mean, because would you the want public to be, go strong right now for the Packers. No, with but him? the public they can't do that with Aaron generally Rodgers. buys that all the time that the players don't boss around outside of a contract. Right? This is we've talked about this. Deshaun Watson before his legal stuff came up. Russell Wilson talking publicly about it. We're at kind of a pivot point here where these guys are able to use their leverage and not get public contempt for it. Previously, if you were a guy even hinting at doing this, what was the flood was generally, don't mess with the team. You signed your contract. Shut up and play. And it's, it's moving away from that. Largely because of Aaron Rodgers right now. Well, despite all that, you still maintain that he's showing up next week? I think week? he's showing up. With no raise? Uh, maybe maybe there'll be a contract adjustment, but maybe not. I don't think they're going to deal him, so I, and I don't think he's going to sit out. So I think his alternative is to show up. I think that even if it was a uh, public opinion swaying contest between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, which I don't think it is, maybe people around Aaron Rodgers have done a good job of bringing the public to their side, Aaron Rodgers does not strike me as a guy who would care one way or the other what the public thought. There are most athletes, it would mean something to them. If the fans were out on them or if the public cared one way or the other, he just strikes me as very different in that I think regard that it wouldn't matter. more than he lets on. I do too. I do think he cares about it. Uh, I mean, if, if we want to read between the lines on the story today, there's a game six in Milwaukee and 65,000 people are going to be outside of the arena cheering on the Bucks. And all of them are going to be showing up talking about Aaron Rodgers. Every single one of them. Right They're all to, Packers right fans. Right to tip and the minute that tip. Um, so, and, and to me, there's the no coincidence that down. the story breaks on the day of game six. There you go. Another. I didn't think about that, Hutton, but you're talking right about what I am, uh, uh, about when Chef but, is dropping the but, I think Aaron Rodgers has like a very small minority stake in the Bucks too. <laughs> he has some sort of relationship uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. He used to show up and chug beers or not chug I, beers. I think yeah. that he's got you know one of these kind of uh, token celebrity like Patrick Mahomes' ownership in the Kansas City Royals deals. But, uh, you know, when, when I say that there, I buy into the conspiracy theories that, you know, these stories drop on a certain day for a reason, um, this is also a massive story on the eve of training camp. There's a timing element to that, too. Um, and really, I mean, Paul, his only recourse, it's either show up, it's get fined $50,000 per camp practice that he misses, which is a mandatory fine, or he retires. Now that's option three that no one's throwing out there. 
He just signs his paperwork and retires from the, the National Football League. And he could come out of it next year with some hand, come out of retirement next year yes. with some hand. He does own a 1% stake in the Bucks. Good yep. memory by you. I just First don't active see the NFL retirement. player to own a, a minority stake in a team was Aaron Rodgers. I think it's really foolish moment. at his age to sacrifice a year. Well, I do too. I do too. I just don't understand what the game plan is. If if the and I said this from the jump, and I believe this for Deshaun Watson as well. Prior to all the allegations with Deshaun Watson, where he's demanding a trade, as the as a leader, as a franchise quarterback, you can't demand a, a contract extension or a trade, and then just walk back into. The, the locker room with your tail between your legs and be the same type of guy. You, you become the company man at that point. And I, I just think optically within a locker room, it doesn't work like that you for to. those type players, top five quarterbacks. They need a victory. The victory, based on the what Schefter's tweeting out, was what the Packers just offered Aaron Rodgers to show up and play this year, $45 million. And he said no. Well, so I, I don't know what the end game is if he's declining that offer. That's why I suspect the end game is a better structure to that offer. But my my than point what is was offered. But you're right. This, you need an entrance strategy. This gives strategy him money and an exit you strategy. Need an exit strategy. He get he, this gives him money now and an exit strategy right after the season is over, because he'd be out. Because we all know the contract is set up for him to be out of Green Bay after this season. Well, maybe that's why he wanted the extension to begin with, and that's why they're at an impasse right now. It's been proposed before, and maybe maybe we're overcomplicating it. Maybe it's this deal or some version of this deal with a promise that this is it and he will be dealt after the season's over. Maybe. Or yeah, they maybe. will let him see yeah, because, the trade. Because the Packers have said he's our quarterback now and for years to come. Gutenkiss has said that. that that's a big quote from him. Mark, uh, Murphy then the has answer, said that. The question he would go in with there is how? What are you going to do with Love? Well, the, the how is based on the, the contract extension that he just turned down. I mean, that's how the Packers make it happen. And he said no. Well, I know, but he, if they're – see, I think he's not believing them when they say years to come, and he says – well, you've got a first-round well, quarterback with an option. Well, the what only are you way to believe do it, there? The only way to believe it believe is to it. see the contract that was offered and the two-year extension on the three years that are remaining on his deal. Right. So that's what you need to see is the structure of the deal. And I don't know if the structure of the deal is coming out anytime but, soon. But we at least know they doubled his money. Yeah. They doubled his money this year. I mean, I would be disappointed if this just ended with Aaron Rodgers showing up to play out his current contract. I'd be very disappointed in Aaron Rodgers. Well, like Hutton's talking if, about. If that was the case, it's, it's over it's after this be year. Something. That's a loss for him to enter the locker room on, and that's not an entrance strategy. And you need an entrance strategy as much as you need an exit strategy. I you agree with you on that. You don't put the team through answering all these questions all offseason, players included. Trade demands, uh, put Jordan Love. You don't do that and to only to just quote. show up for practice number Absolutely. one. Absolutely. That's why I think he's out on the Packers first and foremost. But even if he were to come back, something is going to happen for him to come back. It's going to be commitment past this year, or it's going to be an agreement that I'm making a lot more this year, and then I'm out and I can go somewhere else and play out the final two, three years of my career, whatever it may be. I'm just going to be personally very disappointed if this story ends with, hey, guys, I'm fine now. I'm good. You know, went to Hawaii, got some rest and relaxation, and now I'm back for training camp. Everything's the same. And it's not just about love, uh, Jordan Love, uh, after this year. It is, but... They can also, if they just cut him after this upcoming season, they can save $22 million on their cap for 2022. So there's a financial aspect to it. Even if they don't trade him, if they just release him from the roster, they save $22 million and they can move on to Jordan Love. 
There's no so, way they're releasing him from the roster. The, I mean, for and him that's to based just on be his current contract setup. It's hard to believe that they give him an extension and it doesn't affect that aspect of year number two and what would have been the extension year. Yeah. So, but someone's going to have the details of this at some point. Um, and if it favors Rodgers, David Dunn will get that out. To your point. Yeah. I think it didn't favor Rodgers. That's why we're not hearing the details. Well, I think it favored Rodgers this year, which you know made this year better, but didn't fix the main problem, which is security beyond this year. Yeah, and if that's the case, then you know Rodgers can just stay stay put to his original point, which is, I either make me the franchise quarterback or don't let me go. Uh, either way, he could he can spin that story to fit his narrative, and if they did offer him. Uh, a, a huge stake in year two and three of the upcoming deal in the extension, then that speaks volumes to how much he wants out if he turned that down. So the saga continues. This yeah. is the latest update. Yeah. With camp and next we're, week. Can I? We're we're a week away from the moment. Yes. When that starts to know and one way or the other where things are. And headed. this is a team that played for the NFC Championship a year ago. And look, we've had that should have won the NFC Championship. Yes. And in turn should have won the Super Bowl based on what Tampa did in, in the next in the next game. We've had literally hundreds, maybe thousands, of cameras awaiting arrivals at training camp. Mm. This will be the biggest of those ever, particularly if people don't know if he hasn't said or if it hasn't been leaked. Can I share just a hugely embarrassing moment I had during, oh, yeah. during that segment? Yeah. I don't know how much three-shot there was during that. I'd take off my wedding ring just occasionally and fiddle with it, and somehow i put it on my middle finger <laughs> rather than my ring finger, and I got it over it the knuckle. Oh, oh, oh. I got it, it over the knuckle, and it was stuck. I don't know if you guys <laughs> noticed. I was freaking out, having the conversation, but being like, oh, my God, this might be stuck on there. It's really going to be a problem. And I was, you know, talking, but also doing this and really freaking like Needed uh, Reed this. to bring the Vaseline in. Yes, sir. Yeah, Reed, bring the loop. Um, <laughs> it hurt. And I was twisting it, and then I felt like some turnage, and I was like, okay, this is going to come off, but I don't know the timetable, and it really hurts, and I don't want it to influence the conversation, but <laughs> ah, there, it finally went, and I was like, that was just absolutely idiotic. Paul, if the ring doesn't Three fit. Three right back on there. You must if the quit. ring doesn't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> <laughs> let me I just say. my joke, Hutton. <laughs> let me just you say. You know exactly where I was going when I started that. Let me just say, this knuckle right here is a little bit sore. This one. There's just always bit, an issue with Paul. Just, just, like, your, sore. just like your heart. <laughs> always an issue. And I, I just, sore like your heart. Since, since I've got a moment here, um, yesterday. Do you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I took a moment. Since the camera's here now. Yeah. We, but I, I want to tell you, I installed yeah. lights in Simon's room yesterday. He got these LED lights. It's like a thin strip. Yeah. Right? Well, with so a remote. I put it up the corner of his thing and then along the molding on his room. And so now one of us in our house is going to have a seizure when we're in his room because he can set these things. To, I mean, any club that the three of us have been to together by accident because we don't belong in clubs, he can set this to go with his music or whatever. I could be foaming at the mouth any night now just from having opened my son's door. <laughs> um, this, uh, I don't, this really brought up a, a thought that I had also that we can get into it at another time. Have you guys ever heard of ASMR? No. I think okay. I have. I'm watching this HBO show, The White Lotus, and they're talking about ASMR, and it's while two people on the show are doing drugs. So I'm thinking it's like some sort of synthetic Jacob, drug. Jacob, have you heard hey, of this? Jacob, what can you tell us? Oh, wow. So ASMR is not a drug, 
you can take drugs to enhance it, but it's, uh, it's an autonomous sensory meridian response. And there are videos that have millions of views on YouTube that you can watch to make this happen. And there are different ways to do it. You can put something next to your ear. There's a scalp massage technique, and it makes this tingling sensation from the top of your head all the way down your body. And people do That's it a lot of times. That's called Blue. When they, <laughs> but I mean, I, I heard about this, and I immediately Paul gets meth curious when he was watching Breaking Bad. David Reed now watching Breaking Bad, meth curious also. I am ASMR curious. I, I feel like we should, this is something we should accomplish weekend on the show, project. or at least I'll, off air so on our Instagram tr- page. How do you smell a weekend takeover? How do you trigger this happening? It's a tingling videos. sensation that typically begins in the scalp, moves down the back of the neck and upper spine to the penis. It's a pleasant form. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasant form of. Only one sitting next to Chad. We'll find out about that with Dr. Hank in a little bit. A pleasant form of paresthesia. That doesn't sound like good. Yeah, but, but what do you this, have to take to, to so trigger in this? So in this you show watch I'm watching, it's two college trigger. girls, and the girl says, do you want to do ASMR? And she says, yes. And she takes something and puts it right next to the girl's ear and starts doing something right next to her eardrum. And then she just closes her eyes, and then she does something with her hair, and it starts this sensation. I missed that. I've never heard show. of this. I know that we're getting older, and we don't know what all the kids are up to today, but I heard ASMR. I immediately thought, this is some sort of drug. And then I find out it's this, and I'm thinking, we should do this as a show. I'm not to each other, necessarily. <laughs> like, I'm not saying I'm going to like go to Hutton's earlobe I'm and do something. But apparently there's a video you can watch. All right, you do it and report back to us. You do it and report back to us. I'm pretty sure like you've got to be in a dark room, you know, nothing else Do you not have on. dark rooms in your house? I want it on camera. Listen, like, I want to capture had, this thing on camera for had, the Outkick 360 audience. When you finally had the housewarming party that I put a lot of pressure on you guys to have, <laughs> that you might have had only because of me, we waited a long time because you were waiting on the curtains. So I know yeah. you have dark rooms in your house. <laughs> so go do it and report back to us. You've created some intrigue. Now deliver. I'll try it. All I'll right. try it. If, it's <laughs> worthy, try. if it works... And something Jacob of, said every well, time somebody look, if, puts if, something across. There's my point, though, Paul. You have to participate, too. If it's worthy of it, will you do it? Probably not. Why not? Because it sounds Oh, he's so weird. scared. The fear. The fear. Yeah, I'm I in. don't do weird bleep. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Good. Someone's going to do it with me. I'm in. Jacob's in as well. Pr- prick your fingers. And Jacob wants to do this for a weekend together. takeover. I think Chad should do a weekend takeover of, of his investigating. I'm going to go to Burning Man. And I'm going to do this, and it's going to be a weekend takeover, and Jacob's going to film me the whole time. It's going to be great. Then take it to Bonnaroo and open a booth. The but whole this, thing. This could be this lucrative. Is, this is legit. This is not storyline for the show. No, I had He's to look it up, up, and then I went into a, a, a this rabbit great. hole of all the stuff that this people do for ASMR. This is just what we want from each other, something like this. But, bringing but it's something not, to the table. Yeah, but it's not like a limitless pill. Here's a story from Vox. ASMR explained why YouTube videos of people whispering has taken off. Oh, is this the weird whispering thing? It's, it can be triggered by whispering, too. There are certain ASMR triggers that people have discovered. I've heard the weird whispering thing, which really is freaky. I'm assuming you got to have headphones on and be listening to it when people are whispering in your ear. And it tickles your ear. The weird whispering thing does not sound like something cool. Don't interrupt Chad during in the like middle of the sensation. freaky. Let's just, very angry. Well, let's just spend a segment. These guys the are having a field day. Very angry. I hope. I hope that. Let's see what happens. I hope our lives are picking up their giggling. I'd want to narrate. You think I lost a tooth? Me the time, but, but I feel like that's an experience. I'm in mid whisper right now. <laughs> I'm very interested. I'm very intrigued by this. Very intrigued. David Reed's whispering in my ear right now. Right. You're very cool. Reed has that voice that could vibrate the uh, the eardrum as well. Oh, yeah. 
you know, the deep tones of the whisper? Well, I mean, this could be a side gig for Reed. Yeah. Like he could just record YouTube videos of Reed whispering, and people could put headphones on, and it could trigger an ASMR. This is the new version of... And suddenly of, this it's is a the, new revenue stream. Has anybody out there, phone sex is please what tweet us or comment in the YouTube or the, the Twitter live. We'd love to hear from you with more on this. Who knew we were going here? This is the beauty of this show. Isn't modern science grand when it can produce well, things like this? I don't know. This? First, I've got to see if it's... I'm not sure whether or not it's good for your health. We don't know that. But we do know that gainful is there for you. There is nothing more personal than your health. So when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals, you need a personalized approach. Thankfully, there's now Gainful, the personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and goals. Gainful gives you peace of mind that your protein, hydration, your pre-workout supplements contain the finest ingredients specifically for you. And it's simple to get started with the five-minute quiz. That's right, five-minute quiz. They're gonna consider your dietary needs, goals, and unique physiology to personalize your formula. Gainful delivers your supplements with no shipping charge. Every month you can cancel anytime or adapt your plan as needed. And Paul, there's a great offer to go with this as well. You get $20, 20 off your personalized supplements if you go to gainful.com outkick360. That's Gainful.com slash Outkick360 for $20 off. Gainful, personalized nutrition made for your taste. As you do this, just a heads up, I'm a big fan of the strawberry lemonade flavor. Gainful.com slash Outkick360. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. If you are watching on YouTube, we say thank you. If you're not, we ask that you go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Search out Outkick 360 channel and you hit the subscription button, you ring the bell, you're automatically entered to win the Sony and Hertz Audison prize pack. $2,500 value. You get the speaker system with the car stereo system that you can see on your screen from Sony and Hertz Audison, all for subscribing to our YouTube channel. You're automatically entered to win as a subscriber to the channel. And Sony and Hertz Audison will be drawing a winner from our subscribers next month. Quick close to our previous discussion during the break, our two production assistants, uh, Sarah and Regan, both said, oh no, we know exactly what it is. It's very popular among our age group. Oh. They made it sound like it was like a Mike's Hard Lemonade, you know, for us, <laughs> or like a wine cooler. Like, oh no, yeah, we know exactly what it is. So. Just want to put that out there that um, we've graduated past that apparently, but now I'm being drawn back into this I, era I, and I want to know more about it. Most people your age, my age, have no idea what it is. And m many people listening to us are in that age group. So it's, I think, entertaining conversation. Um, I'm also been told on uh, from RPD on the YouTube feed that next thing you know, Chad's going to be on Twitch ordering bath water. <laughs> After my ASMR <laughs> rant, uh, I've responded and said, I think I'm into it, the ASMR, not the bathwater. So I'll give that a try first. So, boys, I did something crazy last week. While Teresa was being cut into to have a piece of her back taken out to relieve the pressure on her nerves, uh, I fell victim to a Twitter ad and I bought tickets <laughs> to a concert tonight at Ascend Amphitheater. I did something I said I would never do. And tonight, I will see a band I said I would never see again because my first experience seeing them live was so horrifically bad. Now, I love the Black Crows. I love their discography, if you will. Great studio band. 
I saw them live at Starwood Amphitheater, which for people in Nashville brings out great memories. Yes. Now, I believe I only saw two shows at Starwood. I was late arriving to Nashville. I got here in 1997. Starwood closed not too, too long after that. Early 2000s. 2004, maybe, right right around there. Well, I saw a Tom Petty show there, which was good. And I saw Black Crow's show there, which was horrific. Chris Robinson was barely on stage. They played mostly cover songs. And they're four-minute songs. I don't care if you extend the song a little bit and create a jam in there, but you turn a four-minute song into a six-minute song. You can't turn a four-minute song into a 12-minute song. That's that's not my... A fish concert. I'm not a fish guy. I'm not a Grateful Dead guy. Well, they're not turning their songs any longer. They're just really long. (laughs) Right. That's now just called their song. Fish can't extend the But I know know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, It was an awful experience. When I met Steve Gorman initially, who was the drummer of the band at that time. He's not the drummer of the band at this time. And he's a great guy who we yeah. had as a guest on our former show, a really uh, good radio versatile host. guy, yeah. good sports talk radio guy, and a, and a great musician. He's written a band about the Black Crows, which I'd be interested to read. Um, but somehow I brought this up in my very initial conversation. Hey, loved your early work. Uh, but live, I don't know what the hell you got. You met him in the parking lot. By the way, the parking lot. To Lance and Jacob, does this surprise you at all that Paul in his first meeting with the drummer for the Black Crows <laughs> would immediately accost the guy with how bad they were live? First meeting. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. No they don't know Paul is long, but they, they're not surprised He by was that. friends with Willie Donick. They were meeting at our old, uh, at the Zone's old parking lot yeah. to leave for like the Derby weekend or something. I think they were like I was neighbors. Going so in kids to, went to school together. I was going in to, to, for my morning show appearance, and Willie introduced me to him. I was actually late to go in for Mark and Frank and Kevin because I got into this interesting conversation. And so then I went in with this as content for the Wake Up Zone, told this story. They were killing me for having done this. Gorman called in from the car where they were listening to the thing. We got like a half hour out of it. It was great. So Teresa's having surgery. I see this ad. I've heard them on Stern. They're, they're all sober now. It's the brothers are back together, I believe. It's, it's maybe like the original band minus a couple guys. And they're playing Shake Your Money Maker start to finish as the core of this tour. Shake Your Money Maker's f- terrific album. So I'm guaranteed that they're not playing a bunch of covers that I've never heard before. Right. How long are they going to extend these songs? It's a, I think this is a perfect chance for me to see the band I thought I was going to see back at Starwood. Except at Ascend, which is a superior venue in a superior location. 75 bucks. Teresa will be on her feet. She's not. Boom. Bought the tickets. Second chance. So tomorrow I'll have a story as to how good if they live up to expectations. this was. But, and Reno's working tonight. We know a guy on uh, security. Shout we know Reno. a guy. We know so, a guy. So he'll surely hook us up. Um, so I came to you guys and I said, before this show, we've got to do something on second chances. This is a big move by me. Usually if you're dead to me, uh, you're dead to me. I would still listen to plenty of Black Crows, but I would never go live again. So this is a huge step. Who do we have? Who do we consider in the sports world or or pop culture world? Somebody that we've given big second chances to. I've got a sporting list. One guy I use in, in, in conversations like this all the time. But I thought we'd throw it open and discuss. I think that to the second chance you're talking about is predicated on liking the person, the act, the athlete first. Like, hate, then like go back again. to liking. Yeah. Because, and I know you're this way, Paul, but most of us are, we don't like 
we're out on it, and we it's not even a second chance. There's no first chance. Right. We gave it the first chance, and we hated it, so we're not going back right. to These it. are special circumstances. Right. I'll, I'll give you, a, for instance, um, Space Jam, the original. Watch the original Space Jam over the weekend and the new one with Evie. She wanted to watch the new one. I said, let's watch the first one to begin with Michael Jordan, and then we'll watch the new one. I, I've said it on this show. I thought Space Jam was terrible. You know, it was out when I was, a, I was a teenager at the time, but I was a kid, and I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. I thought it was a terrible movie for kids, for anyone. I just thought it was bad. Went back and watched it, gave it a second chance. Still bad. <laughs> no change, no years later. I don't think my daughter really liked it even. She thought some parts were funny. She actually liked the new version, which makes sense with new technology and everything else, like the new version with LeBron James better I was sure than the old one. Like, sure but when you started talking about second chances, one. I immediately thought, what if I went back and watched something that I hated and, and just years later, did I, do I hate it as much now or is it equally as bad? And I, I must say that it was equally as bad. That's my recent second chance story. Uh, mine overall in recent years has been Major League Baseball, um, but I am growing tired of the action at the plate, even with uh, the, the new rules on the pitchers, guys aren't doing all that much, quite frankly. Um, and I'm not one of those that I'm going to be out because of a 2-1 game. But over the course and the duration of a season, am I less likely to flip the channels? Uh, maybe. Am I less likely to get the direct TV package? Maybe. Um, but I, I've, I'm back in on Major League Baseball after being out for years. Once I went to college, uh, I went from 2006 2005, 2006 until um, I'm what 2013 was when the Orioles came around. I mean, I went a good decade without really paying attention to anything, and I'm I'm back in on Major League Baseball now, and I want that full passion to be back. So that's a second chance opportunity for for me with the bands. Third Eye Blind was one that was just horrific life, and I I've not been back to their show. I don't plan on going back to their show. They were that bad. Um, Incubus, though, I went to a concert uh, 10 years ago, maybe, and Brandon Boyd's voice was shot. It was really bad. Claire and I went two years ago to Incubus at the Ryman, and it was fantastic. So there is a redemption story for a band that going in, I was expecting the worst, and it ended up exceeding expectations by far. I wrote down several individual players, athletes, because I was thinking of it in that yeah. regard. Many New York-centric, because I grew up in the New York area rooting for New York teams. Bobby Meacham was a Yankee shortstop. He was not very good. George Steinbrenner destroyed him. And I think a lot of New York rallied around him because he was unfairly taking heat from the ball. He was what he was. Steinbrenner beat him up for not being more than he was. And I think a lot of New Yorkers were like, this kid's being unfairly abused by George Steinbrenner. Uh, I hated him. Uh, and then I... I Gave him a second chance because Steinbrenner was beating him up. Kevin Moss hit a lot of home runs his first year. 1990, he had 254 at-bats. He came in for the Yankees. He hit 21 home runs and had 41 RBI. He was the next great Yankee. 1991, 500 at-bats, double, 23 home runs, 63 RBIs, roughly the same numbers, and everybody was tortured. 92, 93, 11 home runs, 9 home runs disappeared. Loved him when he peaked. Hated him because he disappointed. He showed up at my 25th college uh, reunion on the arm of one of the best-looking girls from my class. 
And I got to talk to him. <laughs> Again, not the smoothest entry. I said, Kevin, what happened? <laughs> Told some insider stories about what he was willing to do and what other people were willing to do. And knowing that inside information, I love him again and got to hang out with him and drink with him over the course of a couple days. Wade Boggs is the only Red Sox turned Yankee that I respect because he rode the horse and helped turn things around. Hate Roger Clemens, hate Johnny Damon, hate Jacoby Ellsbury. Bill Cartwright I hated as a New York Nick. I love Bill Cartwright because he brought back Charles Oakley who defined in large part the New York Knicks who were good. John McEnroe I hated as the young, brash guy with the big hair. I use him as an example a lot. His second act I loved. I think tennis, it's easy to have this. Andre Agassi I feel much the same way about. Derrick Henry, I'm not a fan of the Titans. I hated the pick. It was before I kind of came to terms with this idea of identity insurance that uh, Blake Bettingfield, our, our friend who was in the draft room there, told us about, you know, what if something happens to DeMarco Murray? Who are we? And they discussed that a lot before drafting Derrick Henry. And Derrick Henry wasn't very good out of the gate. Derrick Henry is something completely different now. I don't see how you can't respect and like the work he does. And finally, as I discussed this with my wife this morning, she said, me, I broke up with Teresa far too many times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the look on our our interns' faces when you said that. Just I didn't, gasping. I didn't hate her, but I found cause to break up with her multiple times before we finally got our stuff I'm together. I'm shocked mostly, she found cause to come, get back with you. Mostly, <laughs> mostly. Quite honestly, that's the shocking part about that story, that time and time again she got back with you. Mostly uh, me getting, really remarkable. getting my act together after we had a real year and a half apart apart. I, so much of what you're talking about, though, Paul, to me is not as much second chance, this, at least in my mind, the way I think of it, as evolving. I hated yeah, Nick Saban for years, hated young Nick Saban with LSU, hated Nick Saban with the Dolphins, hated 2009 version of Nick Saban with Alabama, and now I've grown to love Nick Saban. Sa same goes with Tom Brady, James Franklin. I, I hung out with James Franklin at a wedding. We could be buddies, you know, just hanging out together. But some of that is just time. That's you sucking up to Clay's boy. That's not you liking him. That's not me him. sucking you up to Clay's boy. You do not like James Franklin. I like James Franklin at that wedding. so dumb. Yeah. So Paul, I think I'm like a pretty good judge of who I like and don't like. The guy's fine to hang out with, is my point. Given time, things can change. You shouldn't he was like here, him based on what he did to us, period. I don't like what he did to us, and I don't That's like him. the people in charge then, but time... He was in charge. Again, this is not a second chance as much as I just don't care as much. There are people that I don't like today that in three years I'm not going to care anymore. So it's less about second chance as much as I've just evolved to not really give a you-know-what We hold the grudge about as a trio against so many people, but you make an exception for James Franklin. It's remarkable. I w but even but the grudges that we hold... Oh, I'm with the guy who talked to the Vols, who's a good coach. I'm going to make an exception for him. But you little peons, I hate you. Well, I, unlike you, I'm able to hang out with someone and actually get along with them <laughs> and find something to agree with instead of going up and MFing them right away and turning people completely people, off. 20 people it's amazing how it works when you're nice to someone and then you find out, you know, maybe we have something in common and we could be friends. 20 people who are dead to us, but James Franklin, he's the one that came back. I wonder why. Oh, he's the famous one. He's the one that's connected to my friend. Friend, he's the one. I'm just he's saying, the one that's connected to your boss. Nineteen or dead. He's the one that's connected. He's to your connected boss. to my boss, and he's still a jackass. Yeah, that's fine. 
I, I don't care anymore about what happened with him at Vandy because he's at Penn State. And years have happened since I then. I saw him. I'd say, remember when you were on the radio with us and you're such a jerk, you had to talk about Tanzania? You couldn't answer our did, question? Did, did he even remember that? No, he didn't bring it up. No, we didn't, we didn't really discuss it. Of course not, because you were cow We didn't get into it. it. Well, they were at a wedding. I don't know. I mean, he's not. Oh, what would you prefer that I do? I would at a wedding. Not pal up to him. At a wedding. Not pal. You got sat at his table. I was sat next to him. Would you like me to cause a scene with him and bring something up that happened a previous job and almost a lifetime ago? You know the bride and groom. Yes. They sat you next to him. Yes. They could have not sat you next to him. We were sat next to each other to make amends on it and move past it. And that's what we did. We didn't have to discuss the past. That's fine. (laughs) Oh, man. Chad, name some some Braves. That's what Paul wanted you to do. Name some Braves. I mean, I I don't... (laughs) I, I, I'm not coming up with the example now, but I'm sure there are No, you're are right people, about evolution is a lot I'm of sure there are people that Paul growth. has hated, that we've hated as a show, that we no longer care. There are people I hate right now that I see stuff on Twitter and follow them, that it's going to be a while before I don't hate them anymore. But I'm allowing for the opportunity 10 years from now, wherever my career life is, to look back and say, oh yeah, I really didn't like that person at one point, but it's fine now. But, Paul, your ability to hang on to that is remarkable, so congrats. Oh, you make it like I'm the only one that holds a grudge, but when the cameras go off, we hold huge grudges against a lot of people who are infinitesimal compared to James Franklin, who you one day would have happily put number one on the enemies list behind. James Franklin is not actively trying to screw me over right now. James Franklin has no bearing on me professionally in my life. (laughs) There are people that I hate right now that want to screw me over professionally. Those are the people I hate. That's why I don't care about James Franklin. He is in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, making a ton of money to coach Penn State. Does not affect me. If James Franklin was still the coach at Vandy and he was coming on this show and talking about Tanzania and saying I'm a really interesting guy, I would still not like him. I hate Sean Henry and Kevin Wilson because they are still currently employed by the Preds. I have a reason to not like them. That grudge is not going away. When they leave and go somewhere else, I will gladly walk up to the new person with the Preds, extend my hand, shake it, and want to have a good relationship. I'm not going to go up to them like you would and go immediately off on them and tell them how bad they suck because they're taking over for guys that suck. That's not how I make a first impression. You've transferred it to what it would be about Clark Lee. I'd have no problem if you sat with Clark Lee and broke bread with him at the the wedding. Robbie Caldwell, then Derek Mason, then Clark Lee. There'll be a few in between. And I've, I've, I don't know that we broke bread, but I've met Clark Lee, and it was fine. I like Clark I'm Lee. I'm saying there's no reason for you to have a problem with Clark Lee. There's still reason for you to have a problem with James Frank. Agree to disagree. Okay. Agree to disagree. But, again, I'm all for we're, – we're not holding back on grudges on this show. If you still hold a grudge, I'm fine with that too. Absolutely. I've just moved Guy's past. a jerk. I will report back tomorrow if the Black Crows are better or if I made a huge mistake – going back to see them again. I hope they're better. It's a great album. Can they ruin it live? I'd, I'd be hard-pressed that they could so ruin what, it live. So what, t- what, I'm still curious uh, for, you've had this stance for years that the Black Crows sucked live and that you wouldn't be going to see them. But a, a Facebook or a Twitter ad sold you on the show? Well, I'd heard them interviewed about it. I know they were playing the album. I haven't been to a show. It's at Ascend. The seats are on the aisle right in the middle of the house. I just felt like everything lined up. They, they're not particularly expensive. 
And I thought, I, I, I want to be out. It's, it's going to be right in time for Teresa to get back out. Unfortunately, it's not right in time for Teresa to get back out. But I just, in the moment, I just felt like it was the right thing to do. <laughs> so uh, tomorrow I'm going to tell you if it was, in fact, the right thing to do. I'll be juiced or I'll be like, that was really, really stupid. Either funny, way, funny we'll tweet from uh, our buddy David Vanderpool. I don't know if Paul's in with him yet, but he says, I'd like to think that Paul Kuharski has given me a second chance with a little help from Hutton and Withrow. I'm okay with Vanderpool. He isn't scared of me anymore. Gives me hope for all others who are tattooed and have gauge earrings. Yeah. For Paul. Paul I'm, all right. Out I'm all right with Vanderpool. I think he should dress better when he's at a bar. Or at work. <laughs> Just well, I don't encounter him in general, at work. I don't encounter right. him at his office. I don't know what office that it is. It was also the tank top that threw you off, right? Well, I walked into Irish. When I first met him was before we encountered him. I met him at the Irish bar at Jacksonville Beach, which is a phenomenal place to go. And he wasn't just wearing a tank top. He was wearing underwear. And it was a little disconcerting. He's wearing underwear? Well, uh, underwear tank top. <laughs> So just like a plain white T-shirt. Ribbed. Yeah. Okay. For your pleasure. Not for Ribbed mine. for pleasure, David Vanderpool. I was picturing him like in boxer briefs and a, and a tank top and nothing else. So I got gauge earrings. I got uh, crazy facial hair, I think. I got the ribbed tank top, and I got tats all over the place. And he's a close talker. It's a little, little off-putting on the, on the first impression. Coming up. We have the 360 parlay for tonight's game six. A that winner. Is going to be a winner tonight as the Suns take on the Bucks. That and more as Outkick 360 rolls on. Time to win some cash with the daily parlay. Outkick 360's daily parlay from fanduel.com slash OK360 tonight. Game six, Suns and Bucks. Parlay is on me tonight. And we go Win us to some Milwaukee. Winner some money, Hutton. I've got a game seven for for the NBA Finals. Uh, Chad will will disagree with who's winning the game, uh, but he's playing this and he's taking the points, uh, just like I am. I'm taking the Suns plus five, and then we're we're doing a same game parlay with Fanduel. Chris Paul, eight or more assists. DeAndre eight and ten or more rebounds. Same for Giannis. Uh, Booker to score 30 plus and Giannis to score 30 plus. That pushes our odds up to plus 762. $5 bet nets you $43.11. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Act quickly. Those odds have gone down since you made the oh. bet. I got a little bit less. Um, so I don't know if they're trending that way, but they did for me. You're taking Bucks money line. Are you taking the Suns' points? You, I mean, you are in the parlay, but do you think it's close? I, I think the Bucks win, but I like your rationale that it seems like the things that we expect to happen, other than the Bucks winning easily <clears throat> in Game 3, going back to Milwaukee, hasn't happened in this series. But um, I think it feels like that second quarter collapse for Phoenix right. and losing the close yeah, one at it home. Does. I, think, I think the Bucks take care of business tonight. I do, too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be very happy as that one percent owner of the Bucks. It's almost flipped my my preference too. I, 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 the Bucks to me have become far more uh, as I've grown to know them far more likable. Not that uh, not that I've lost my like of the Suns, but my my like of the Bucks is is well. It's mainly out. just Giannis. I mean, it's it's seen him ascend. Holiday also for me, and, and and with with Giannis too. That the whole talk has been okay. Is he going to win a title in Milwaukee? This was a couple years back. Given the landscape of the NBA with LeBron and Durant and, and what he would have to go through, 
and, and now knowing that the path was open for him this year based on what we saw with Durant and LeBron uh, and other injuries along the way. And, look, they, they won and beat who they needed to to get to the NBA Finals, but they trailed 0-2 in the series. And to come back where he has been consistently great night in and night out, uh, overcoming the knee injury, uh, the hyperextension, and, and everything in between, extremely likable personality at that, uh, he is now ascending to the Durant status of the NBA if he wins tonight. If, if they come back from 0-2 and he's doing rattle it in the, off in Milwaukee, four in four a row, signing the superstar really max contract there instead of joining forces somewhere else. Yeah, that, that's a statement, too. I mean, it makes him even more likable in, in a league where most of us hate this going to join a super team. Um, or, or doing it, I, I, we should also add, doing it without having – you know, a Paul George-like player joining Come him in. there, right? Grown team, right? I mean, Middleton's very good, but he's not at that level. Yeah, and Middleton was a second-round draft pick in 2012, who blossomed into a star, and he's going to be on the U.S. Olympic team. Also, I think both these teams are very likable. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we said that There's throughout. No I, I found myself gravitating towards these two teams in each conference throughout, and happy to see them play in the finals. It's a great story for, Mil- for Milwaukee. It'd be a great story for Phoenix if they went on to win this series Within also. Uh, two very likable, easy-to-root-for franchises with the homegrown talent, uh, with cultivating the franchise the right way, not relying, like you said, Hutton, on the big outside name to come in and save them. I think it's really cool, and it's going to be a, a special moment for one of these teams. And I also have a little bit of uh, action in on uh, a Bucks futures bet before the season with FanDuel. Yeah, what's the payoff here? So I think it was a $3 bet that pays off like $50 that I made I very like early in the season. I feel like that it should be more. That could pay off tonight. I feel like it should be more. Well, they had one of the best records in the NBA during the yeah. regular season. So they, they, they've been there, uh, and they've, they've been able to ride the, ride the waves of the postseason uh, despite having guys banged up. So uh, they can win it tonight. I, it's crazy. I it's find also, myself looking forward to an NBA game. You're not going to hear me say that very often. Also, the the atmosphere tonight should be epic. Oh. Uh, outside, they're expecting around sixty five to seventy thousand fans outside the arena, um, and inside, well, outside too. The chance of Bucks and Six started in Game Three when they trailed o two. And now they can finish it off in six as they return back to Milwaukee. What if Rodgers topped off the distraction and sat? If he's courtside? Courtside. I, I, he should be. I mean, as someone who's, uh, you know, again, a 1% owner that was brought on as a big celebrity in the state, he should be there for the Bucks clinching a title. I wouldn't be shocked at all if he's right there. He should court be on the court side. celebrating with the trophy. <laughs> what if he's the first one to grab it? Fake chugging at me. <laughs> he's like, look, I'm never going to win one of these again in football because the Packers suck. So here we go. Go Bucks. As the only Bucks guy around here six. who's touched the championship trophy before, let me show yeah. you Oh, yeah, stuff. there you go. That, just, that's the line. It's so funny if the, you know, uh, Adam Silver's trying to hand it to Giannis and Aaron Rodgers swoops in and takes it before he can get it. The Tennessee Power Hour is straight ahead. Tennessee, the Vols, Josh Heupel, and some players on center stage in Hoover, Alabama for SEC Media Days today will tell you the theme of what Heupel had to say in his first meeting with the SEC Media. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to OutKick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network 
and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.